You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, it's Ryan again. Good to be back here on the podcast. As you know, I work with a lot of people in the franchising industry, and uh, it's an interesting time right now. We're coming up on the end of the year. We're approaching 2023. It's right around the corner, and you're probably hearing a lot about you know, the economy, the recession coming, a lot of worries out there. But if you want to own a business or are considering it, my guest today, David Weaver, uh, he is an expert in understanding business. He wants to talk about why you should own a business and why you shouldn't be afraid right now, why now may be the most important time. So, David, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, Let's first talk about your your background. How did you get involved in, in the franchise consulting space? And let's talk about kind of your history with this industry. So I got into the franchise space back in 2005 timeframe. Uh, prior to that, I worked for a family business. So I had a lot of experience in turning around a business from kind of you know, the the financial uncertainty in the 2000 to 2003, four timeframe. Yeah. Uh, and so I, uh, that was back in Detroit. I wanted to move my family to uh, back to Denver. I was in Denver first and, and then had a young family back then. Um, and I wanted to raise my kids in the mountains of Colorado. And so that's what the decision that I made, left the family business um, and I just needed a job. So I found a small non-bank lender that was interested in penetrating the franchise space. And I kind of thought to myself, if I can turn around a manufacturing facility in four years, like how hard can it be to convince people to, to buy money, right? Um, and so I didn't know anything about the franchise space. Um, my role there was to really learn what franchise brands that we wanted to support um, because we were lending money in a non-SBA or government guaranteed way. Um, and so that's what I did. And I got very good at it, setting up finance programs for franchisees by really investing a lot of time in understanding the franchisor and yeah. really the culture of the franchisor and specifically the unit economics of that particular business model. And so I spent about six, seven years doing that, financing a lot of small business loans outside of franchising, but also really underwriting the franchisor and understanding the different the the single unit economics of a lot of different brands um and so that gave me a great foundation for moving into um franchise consulting investing in franchises and in different businesses um which i really started in 2009 to 10. Mm -hmm. 2009 i looked at buying 24 different, 19 different businesses. I pulled the trigger on two. Um, and then I stepped into the franchise business. One didn't work out. We, we decided to move forward, but we didn't get that deal done. The other one was a bar on DU's campus in the fall of 2010. And I also started the franchise consulting in um, 2010 as well. So mm -hmm. Ryan, all I'll say about that is the bar was a really bad idea. Mm -hmm. Um, Owning a bar sounds cooler than it actually is. Um, and the franchise consulting has been a total blast. So at that time, I mean, things were also sort of economically 
down, right? I mean, they were, we were coming out of 2008 to 2010 was a rough time. Like, what was the experience like? You, you know, you, you, you're, you're getting into businesses at a time when things are economically very difficult. Uh, 2008 to 2000 and probably 11 yeah. was really pretty scary, especially if you understood, I was in the middle of banking and lending. And so a lot of people didn't truly understand what was going on then when, when the banks no longer were, you know, um, putting money kind of to the middle, that's kind of how the banking industry works. Everybody's extra money goes to the middle. Um, and they stopped doing that in 2008. So, Lots of turmoil. Um, it was a pretty, pretty tough time starting a business. And and frankly, that's what I was doing was supporting small business, uh, small businesses. Um, they stopped paying their mortgage or their, their loan to us. Um, I, you know, um, was in a position as an employee to that was lending money to small businesses that uh, basically we're not going to lend money for two, 18 months or so until things shake out. So yeah. I, it, it was just a, um, I was their top performing sales guy in the finance company. And, you know, the way that I made money, we weren't going to be doing anymore. So like a lot of candidates I work with, you know, sometimes it's mergers and acquisitions or PE firm comes in and all of a sudden this middle management, top management person in corporate America finds themselves performing really well, but then kind of on the street, right? Like they got transitioned out with, without any direct, um, you know, reason of their own. It was just sort of circumstance. So I, I really relate to that story because that's exactly what happened to me. Um, and you know, today, more than a decade later, I'm just really committed and excited to helping people make this kind of transition to follow their dreams and, and um, you know, bet on themselves again, right? I mean, I think, you know, in our 20s, it's easy to have big dreams about the kind of life that you want to have. But by the time you get to be in your mid 40s to early 50s, you kind of, you know, life kind of beats you down a little bit, and you kind of forget to, to dream about what you can accomplish. And, and that process, Ryan, is a really fun process when it works, right? To, to yeah. get people to see that this is possible. And my skills and abilities in, in corporate America are actually really applicable to running a small business or a franchise. And so that's what I get to do. And, um, and it's really a ton of fun. Um, I'm really, really passionate about small business ownership and what that means and the, you know, to your community, the impact that you can make on your community, the impact that you can make with employees um, when you build a really solid, high-performing team. Um, and that high-performing team in a franchise doesn't need to be lots and lots of people, right? It can be five to 10 to 15 employees, very manageable for um, a lot of folks coming out of corporate America that that have been used to doing that in their in their day job. Right, right. So if someone's listening to this and they're saying, you know, they're reading the news and they're seeing that there's just a, there's a lot of things to be worried about in the upcoming year. Um, and people are, you know, they're speculative. They're not sure whether they want to, you know, well, they're not sure where their job's going to go, but they also they're also not sure what to do if something happens. Right. So. What do you say to those fears or worries? Well, what do you what would you tell somebody 
who says, look, David, you know, it sounds like a good opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity out there, but what about the future? Like what, what, what should I be worried about or how should I handle these? (laughs) Oh man, you, you put a whole bunch in there. Let me see if I can unpack it. Um, (laughs) One of the things that I spend quite a bit of time working with candidates that are serious about doing this is identifying and managing that fear, anxiety, nervousness that holds us back, right? Because fear is a very powerful tool if you can recognize what you need to do with it, right? So uh, fear can be gasoline in your tank. And so you can hit the gas, that that nervousness that gets you out of bed and gets you to, to get to work every day. And it also can hold us back if we allow it to, right? So part of it is just recognizing it for what it is. Um, and and then using it as a fuel rather than as a as a brake pad, right? Um, and so, you know, getting to kind of how do you think about the economy? The other thing that I help people see is we we need to shift our mentality or paradigm shift in the way that we see things. As an employee, you tend to see the world in a certain way. And as an entrepreneur or a business owner, you see the world in a different way, right? So um, speaking specifically to an economy, right? So if you are um, an employee in a very hot economy, like we had in 2017, 18, 19, things are really, really good. And the employee gains power when the economy is really hot because, it's hard to find good people. And so employers pay up to get better employees, right? Or to find employees to get things done. Um, As a business owner, as the economy gets soft, really talented people find themselves on the sidelines, right? So if you can think about it in in sitting in the chair as an owner, a recession is a great time to build a really solid team and and kind of you know help people grow and and all the things that you get to do as a business owner and coaching people through building a team etc so employ really great people are available in a tough economy um lending tends to not be available in a tough economy right so you need to factor that into into the equation um the other thing that i get to people get to people get people to look or think about in my experience, I, 2008 was really tough. By 2010, I I was pulling myself out of the corporate role into business ownership, something I'd been thinking about and trying to figure out how to do, you know, back when the economy was good, back in five, six, seven, the economy was great back then, right? And so I'm going to do a no, start my own business and I should be doing this. Well, sometimes a bad economy is, is going to push those that really do want to do it and um, out on their own, which is what I did. What I learned in that experience is 2010 economy was, you know, basically stabilizing, but it was bad. By 2011, things got really good. By 12, 13, 14, I grew the business like I never thought I could. I was making way more money than I used to make in corporate America. And, you know, you, you really got that snowball effect. So, what I would say to people that are worried about the uncertain economy is, you know, in looking back, 2008 was about as scary as it ever as I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, and I've been through multiple recessions, you know, I mean, 
go back to the the late 80s uh, early 90s that recession was tough and early 2000s was tough and 2008 was tough um you know we just came out of the biggest bull market you know i think it was 10 or 11 years long this recession in my opinion is going to be a fraction of what we saw in 2008 and so and there's lots of reasons and data behind that in terms of the amount of credit card debt that the regular uh, you know american has um the amount of savings that they have today and you know and versus back then credit card uh, outstandings is way lower than it was in 2008 um the amount of savings that individuals have is way better so um the consumer spending power is not going to get hit as bad as as we saw there so um getting into a business today of course this is the business that i'm in but i think it's actually a really good time because you can take advantage of all of those attributes and frankly it's going to take you 12 18 24 months to get your legs underneath you when you start a business from scratch right when you're starting a business cold you need to learn how to be a different leader you need to learn the specific franchise and industry that you're getting into um and so the real question, Ryan, is do you have a long-term vision and, and game plan for where you want your life to go? The answer is yes. Franchising is a fabulous tool and, and vehicle to get you to where you want to go. Um, and so those are some of the things that I like to share with folks um, to get them to think differently. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. So if we look at the, franch, the franchise world, and most people don't know this, other than you and I, we know there's like three thousand different franchises you could you could own out there. Right? Over that probably, but with the way the world is going in, in terms of technology and consumer interests, do you see any emerging brands that are really you think have a really a, a strong potential for the next five to ten years in the way they're going? Any any certain brands you think you would lead people more towards? Given what absolutely you know? there are so so that one of the conversations or one of the questions I ask in my consultation is, um, do you prefer an established brand or an emerging concept? Right, and then and they'll tell me I really like the idea of an emerging concept, and then I'll say, well, this is the way that I look at it. The these are the pros and cons of established. These are the pros and cons of emerging. Um, do you still feel that way, right? And so that kind of helps us sift and sort of the over 200 brands that I have relationships with, which, as you said, 3,000, 4,000 franchises out there is a a narrowed bunch of brands that I feel confident in, you know, presenting or or um, getting people in front of. Um, as it relates to an emerging brand, what I want people to focus on is you don't have track record or very deep track record with emerging brands, right? So how do you determine a good one? It really comes down to the track record of the leadership. Do you believe in the track record? Do you believe in what they've done before? Um, do you know, like, and trust these folks, et cetera. And then also the sophistication of the system that you're buying into. So um, I think, Emerging brands are fantastic, especially if you understand sort of the backbone of the infrastructure of the franchisor um, and focus on the fundamentals. So my whole philosophy, Ryan, is get people to look at the franchise space like a business investor, 
so that we're not shopping for a franchise like a consumer. And what I mean by that is a business investor is going to focus on the business model itself first, and then, you know, your role as the owner, et cetera. So if we can focus on the business model characteristics that you want, and then focus on the leadership team and the system that you're buying into, the likelihood of getting into a solid franchise brand goes up dramatically because you're focusing on the, the things that are actually going to matter, right? Unit economics, customer acquisition strategy, um, number of employees, type of employees, things like that. Yeah. I think a big myth people think is that if you start a business, you're going to be rich in you know, a year or two. If you never owned a business before, there's probably a common thought that people see business owners or entrepreneurs who are successful and they think that it's, it's easy, right? It's, it's quick. But what are some things people can expect? I mean, let's say you 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 start a fr- you you own a franchise, you buy one, you invest your your savings, your money into it. Um, realistically, and I, I tell people too, I think you know this. You know, you don't want to follow the money; you want to follow the passion for what. I mean, you want to find a brand you're going to actually enjoy working with for the next two, three, five, ten years, right? So. How do you how do you recommend people pursue that without having their mind clouded by I need to make a lot of money? Yeah, I Ryan, what that that comes through my process. So I have a very defined educational process to uncover these aspects and attributes that you're looking for in the business. So the real question is, and I, I talk about this in my consultation, I made up this phrase that the franchise promise, right? This idea that all I have to do is find a franchise, any franchise, and I'm going to get all of these things that I'm thinking the franchise delivers, right? Yeah. So we, we go through this question and answer scenario to, to figure out what is it that they're looking for from the franchise or and then how do you qualify and make sure that those things are actually being part of the franchise system that you're buying into? Um, so people always start with, I want to make a bunch of money and be rich, right? Um, and, and as you break that down a little bit and focus, get them to focus on like, what are the things that are meaningful in your life? And where do you want, what is the trajectory or the direction you want your life to go? the conversation goes away from money and goes to things that are more important like family and, you know, putting my kids through college or having more control over my decisions and my time. Um, And so when you get the conversation into control of your time or control, what does that mean? Right. And, and how do you, how are you going to build this business and have all of this free time? What does that look like? And, and break that down. That's what I've learned doing this for over a decade. People really want control, freedom, flexibility, time with their family, much more than money, right? And and frankly, if you do all of the things right, build your business the right way, et cetera, you end up with both. Um, but one thing I do tell people is this is not easy. There is no easy button in small business. Um, franchising, you know, you're 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 buying into a recipe or a formula and that that takes you a really long way. But at the end of the day, you're the one that has to build the business that you want to own, right? Well, this has been interesting, David. I appreciate the conversation. So um, couple, well, one more question for you. I'm going to ask you this. This is a fun question. So let's say you go back in time, you meet yourself at 18, right? 
what, what advice would you give yourself at, at a, as a young man before you get into business? If you could tell yourself anything, what would you say? Um, start earlier. I waited until I was 39 and went through this big dramatic life event. And this is all in that same 2008, 2009 timeframe. Yeah. Um, believe in yourself sooner, right? Like you don't have to wait until you're 40. You don't have to wait until you're 28, right? Like yeah. if you see yourself as a business owner, start doing business owner stuff. Um, and, and so I just wish I would have started sooner, but honestly, Ryan, in hindsight, um, franchising has delivered everything and more that I ever wanted in life. I mean, I'm speaking to you from, um, you know, I'm a Colorado guy, grew up in Indiana, flat as can be. I always loved the mountains. Yeah. I moved myself to Denver and then I, you know, I, I live in the mountains of Colorado now. I live very, you know, 40 miles from Aspen. Um, yeah. so I want people to believe in themselves so that they can go do the things they need to do to put whatever that thing is that's important in their life, in their life, right? And yeah. and put some foundation underneath the dream and then go run after it. Because, you know, money is, a, is, is not a great thing to chase, in my opinion. Um, it's that's not what brings happiness and and you know of course money helps i'm i'm not discounting that but um yeah i would tell my 18 year old self believe in yourself stop second guessing it's not about the economy it's not about the recession or the what the stock market is doing focus on what it is that you want in your life and start spending time putting those things in your life what i think is interesting too is a lot of businesses, at least from my knowledge, have found success during the worst times in the economy. And I think smart entrepreneurs look for opportunity in the worst situations. Would you agree with that? Oh, my gosh. The best opportunities show up looking like a big, massive problem, right? Yeah. So um, I know franchise a bunch of franchisees that had two or three locations and in the middle of a down economy, a lot of franchisees wanted out. So they bought up a bunch of stores, you know, really inexpensively. That changes their whole, you know, fixed overhead and, and financial structure of a business. If you're running two stores or eight stores, and then if you can make it through that transition period, because that's a pretty big jump, um, like life-changing. You had, I mean, you as the owner are doing very little because you've got enough revenue to, to hire really good employees and, and build, you know, structure within your organization. You're running an organization, not a couple of stores. So um, yeah, it's, I'm telling you, all business owners that are, have been historically been successful, look at down economies as, as a great time to be shopping for a new, new avenue, new challenge, new opportunity, because they're all over the place. But again, you got to look at the world through a different pr prism, a different um, thought process than, you know, the traditional nine to five employee. Um, they just don't, they don't see it like, like entrepreneurs do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a good conversation, David. I appreciate it. Where can people um, reach out to you if they have questions or interest in um, franchise ownership? Yeah. Thanks for having me on. The best way to con contact me is dweaver at franchise.com email. Um, if you want to check out my website, it's www.franchiseyourfreedom.com. 
All right. Well, thanks, David. Good luck to you with everything. And if you need to reach out to David, you have questions, you want to look for opportunities in a down economy, David is your guy. So thanks, David. Thank you very much, Ryan. Have a great day. You too. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ryan says thanks. Your support is appreciated. And hey, even if you don't buy me a coffee, I'm happy to have you listening. So keep it up and thanks again.